Hey, podcast listeners, thank you for joining me for this episode of Zen Founder. Today I'm talking about the mental health benefits of touch, something we have an intuitive knowing of as it relates to children and child development, but not something that I think we spend a lot of time being intentional about or thinking about as essential to our own mental health as adults. So I walk through a little bit of the research around the role that touch plays in mental health and then talk through some of the strategies to get a little more touch in your life. Thanks so much for listening. I hope this episode is helpful to you and go out and give someone a big giant hug today. That's your mental health assignment. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Hi there, my name is Dr. Sherry Walling, and I am a clinical psychologist who focuses on the mental health, mental well-being of entrepreneurs and other high performers. The thing that I want to talk with you about today is an often ignored essential piece of human functioning that is extraordinarily important to our mental health, but doesn't get a lot of airtime, especially not among entrepreneurs and especially not among adults. And that is the psychological necessity of touch. If you took Psych 101 in college, you may remember some of the studies looking at the role of touch in human development. There are a few that are pretty striking and most of us remember pretty well. There's one looking at the kind of development in Romanian orphanages. And these are children who were essentially touch deprived, were really just kept in their beds, had very little interaction with an adult caregiver or really even with each other. And so became this kind of dark apocalyptic natural experiment of what happens to a human when they are deprived of touch early on in their development. And of course, the answer is horrible things happen. The brain does not develop normally. Humans are reliant on touch, especially early on in their lives for their brains to develop the way that they, the way that they should. You may also remember from that same Psych 101 class, the study of Harlow's monkeys, where um, chimpanzees were given really the choice, essentially infant chimpanzees were given the choice between something soft and nurturing, the experience of warm touch or food. And not surprisingly, they chose nurture. They chose connection over food. The importance of touch doesn't stop when we reach adulthood. There's other research that suggests that simply holding someone's hand can help calm down an upset or dysregulated person. Touch is related to immune functioning. So people who get less touch in their lives have weaker immune systems. More touch is a more robust immune system. And of course, lots of our practices that involve pleasure and expression of love involve touch. 
I spend a lot of time talking with entrepreneurs and their lives are full. Their responsibilities are many. Many people are looking to them to lead or they are carrying the burden of moving their company forward. And even when entrepreneurs are doing super well, and and many of us are, that's fantastic. There's often a bit of an independence that can create a bubble of isolation. It's very, very difficult for entrepreneurs to ask for something they need, to break out of that kind of bubble of autonomy, I can do it myself, I am the leader, I am the one responsible, and shift into a place of vulnerability where they are open to the nurture of touch, where they come out and just say, I need a hug. There's a lot of loneliness in the entrepreneurs that I know and work with because of this. They have this basic need for human connection, particularly in the form of touch, in the form of hugs, in the form of hand-holding, in the form of cuddling, in the form of sex or sensual interactions with their partner. And it can be very, very difficult to value that experience enough to ask for it and to make time for it, and to let it be an essential part of what it means to be a healthy and a whole, high-performing, optimizing adult. There's this misperception that if we are strong and competent and capable and running the show in our lives, we are an island. We are in isolation. We are not in need. And I think that misperception leads a lot of us to feel kind of nurture deprived, whether we acknowledge it or realize it or not. There's a sense in which our bodies are a bit unregulated. They feel like they're too energetic, too too aroused, too disrupted, or maybe underregulated, not awake enough, not alert enough. Touch helps with that regulation. Touch also cuts right through our sense of loneliness and isolation. Even if that touch is just a hug, or just a really warm handshake, that physical connection to another human being does something in our bodies that reminds us that we are not alone in this story. And the more that we integrate touch into our intimate relationships, the more that we are cuddling with our children or cuddling with our partner, making hugs a part of our greetings, like real hugs where we really hold someone else, We feel that co-regulation, that sense where our heart rate matches the heart rate of the person that we're hugging. Our breath, the rhythm of our breath, the speed of our breath, the depth of our breath begins to match the rhythm of the person whose body we're up against. And that can have an extraordinarily calming effect. And it can also have an effect of just deep connection. Oxytocin is this really powerful and important neurochemical that is our bonding hormone. It's what sort of glues us together to the people around us. And that's released when we're engaged in connective touch. So if touch is so great and juicy and when it's done with consent and thoughtfully can be really, really powerful for our mental health. What gets in the way of doing it? I mean, it's free. Uh, there's often people around us. So what what are the inhibitors to touch being part of our, our mental health regimen, so to speak? One is, I think, 
like all things that we're adding into our lives in support of our mental health, we have to know it and value it. We have to take that extra time in our lives that says, oh, wait, let me give you a hug. We may need to reset some of the patterns in our lives, how we enter the house, how we exit the house, making sure that we're pausing, that we're stopping and taking that extra amount of time to really settle our body and let our body be in connection with the bodies of the people in our lives, with our family members. I think a lot of entrepreneurial couples live very, very full lives. And so the time in quiet space where they're holding each other or engaging in sex, like letting their bodies really dance together, it can be difficult to carve out that kind of time. I mean, the difficulty is certainly not an excuse to not do it. It's extraordinarily important to the well-being of a relationship, not just to one's individual mental health, to weave together our bodies in a, an intimate and intricate dance of touch. So how do you instate cuddle o'clock in your relationship? Do you need to schedule sex do you need to change some of the rhythms of when you go to bed? Go to bed at the same time that your partner goes to bed, even if you're going to just get back up again and go back to your email later in the night. Whatever is kind of getting in the way of logistically you being in the same space as your partner at the same time with an openness and a psychological availability to be in touch, that's worth doing some deep dive problem solving to fix that. If that's not happening regularly, that's a huge part of connection and mental well-being that you're missing out on. So let's nip that in the bud. Let's make sure that we are giving ourselves time for connective touch in our relationships. And some of you may say, okay, this is all great, Sherry, but I don't live with anybody. I don't have a partner. I'm not parenting. There are not people in my house available for this magical mental health intervention of touch. And I feel you. Okay. I see you. I haven't forgotten about you. You know, some of the research suggests that even our cuddling with our pets really can soothe this need. So if you have an animal, a cat or a dog, that cuddling counts too. So bring your big puppy up into your bed and cuddle up. That can be your dose of mental health touch for the day. This is also a place where we can outsource a little bit. Um, having regular massages is a way of having thoughtful, nurturing touch you know, around your schedule and in your timeline. That is, you know, it's a human to human interaction. And when held really well, that can be lovely for many, many parts of your functioning and mental well-being. It's not quite physiologically the same, but there is also some benefit to self-touch, to spending some time putting lotion on your on your skin, um, really nurturing your own body with that kind of nourishing, nurturing touch that you might experience from a parent or a partner. The tenderness and nurture with which we care for our bodies has a direct implication for how we care for our mental well-being. It's a package deal. We don't get to totally optimize an index on our mental mindset without remembering how our bodies feel and what they need. So let touch be part of the equation in your families, in your friendships. Let's normalize a big heart-to-heart -heart bear hug when we see our other entrepreneur friends. Cuddle up with your puppy, 
get a massage once a week, once a month. Create rhythms in your life that put your humanness up against other people's humanness so that your body can be calmed, regulated, and have an infusion of immune function and connection. If you are in a relationship where touch is tricky, uh, I have someone on my team. Her name is Brooke Bergman-Parr, and she is excellent at working with entrepreneur couples around all kinds of issues related to intimacy and connection. So definitely reach out to our team, and we will connect you with Brooke and get touch back on the menu for you and your partner. Thanks so much for listening. Be well. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.